The purpose of this show is to create a space for men and women to come together to process and discuss culture and the worlds we live in through the lens of Christianity, using literature, expert input, laughter, and love to deepen our relationships and understanding of God, ourselves, and others. So come on and let's illuminate the way with your host, Janiah Taylor. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Illuminating the Way with your host, your girl, Janiah Taylor. We're in our season two bag, and today in episode two, we're talking all things joy, of course, but also how to not let the devil steal your joy. And while I was praying and asking the Lord, you know, what should the title or focus Um, of this next episode, this one, (laughs) B, I kept hearing this song in my spirit. It goes, J-O-Y, joy in the Holy Ghost. J-O-Y, joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. And y'all, it just A, reminded me how much I love that song, but also reminded me that exactly that. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Like, Letting someone take something is just giving it up. Don't let the devil steal your joy. However, in the thick of life and when the saying that, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another, starts to feel like it's becoming true for your life, it can easily, or maybe not easily, but it can be a time trying to hold on to the joy that you have, especially when your life might be in complete chaos, but don't worry because in John 10, 10, Jesus says the thief cometh, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The, the, the day he's talking about is us y'all. It's us. So just to be clear. (laughs) So while the thief does, in fact, come to steal, kill and destroy your joy in Christ, we have life and joy more abundantly. So come on and let's illuminate the way. So just like I said in the first episode, There are so many promises in Christ as children of God, but don't get it twisted, y'all. Just because it's promised doesn't mean we won't have to go through some things because, well, we have an adversary, a literal hater, the devil, and he's working double time, especially in the times that we're living in now to take you, me, the children of God out of here and out of here quickly if he can. So that's him trying to distract you enough by all the issues of this world, getting caught up in the culture, wanting to be of the world and in the world, that you forget about all the promises that God has has stored up for you as his child. And even those that are more specifically 
ordained exactly for you. He is doing his best to throw you off, to cause you to forget, to get you so caught up, wrapped up in the world and throw you off your game so much so that you forget who you are in Christ. And so when you do fall down, you forget that there is someone that's waiting for you to give you a hand and help you up and walk you back to safety, which is Christ. First Peter 5 and 8 literally says, stay alert, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Lying? Lord, he do be lying, but that's not what the scripture says. Let me start over. So it says, First Peter 5 and 8 says, stay alert. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Now, I was going to read that again, but y'all got the second time. So let's go straight to definitions because y'all know I'm a definitions girl. Um, Adversary, the definition of that is one's opponent in a contest, conflict, or dispute. The Blue Letter Bible definition says it is an enemy, an opponent in a suit of law. So when I heard the second definition that the Blue Letter Bible gives, it made me think of spiritual law and how the enemy is always trying to accuse us of something um, so that he can have, you know, the space to do whatever he needs. Because for the enemy to operate, he he has to do so according to spiritual law. So this is why it's so, so, so important for us to know and understand spiritual law. Because ultimately, that is how the devil can, and in some, well, really not even some, but a lot of cases, can have the hand up on us. So knowing um, how things operate in the spirit and moving according to um, the law in the spirit realm is how we're able to defeat the enemy, or at least part of how. We need the word and we need understanding of spiritual law. It's understanding and knowledge, y'all, that sets us free. The Bible says so in Proverbs 11 and 9. So to devour means to um, destroy completely. So the enemy is looking to completely and utterly destroy you and leave literally nothing left. So when we talk about haters and whatnot, just know the devil is your biggest one. And I really believe that's one of the reasons why the word says to pray without ceasing because prayer keeps us alert and is a weapon in the spirit. It keeps us alert and a step ahead of the enemy's tactics. Um, God gives us wisdom and knowledge through prayer and communication with him. So, of course, Prayer is a weapon, y'all. Tap into your prayer bags. And if, and the scripture, pray without ceasing, can be found in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. The enemy uses people, situations, our feelings, and thoughts to attack us. The battle, though, you have to remember, is not in the natural, but it's in the spirit. 
So you need to fight there. And when we're in good standing with the Lord and keep our altar burning before the Lord, which is to keep your altar burning, that just means to keep your prayer life consistent on fire, studying and meditating on the word um, and being about the things um, of he who has sent you, a.k.a. God. If we are doing all of those things, we have a hand in the fight. And honestly, the upper hand in the fight for real. So since we have settled that the devil is in fact very much so your biggest hater and that he's coming with everything he's got to take you out, discourage you and all that. Let's talk about the heart posture we should have while under spiritual attack, dealing with the consequences of our own actions, because y'all let us be for real. We need to sometimes in some situations take accountability, right? Because not everything that steals our joy is the enemy, especially when we are blatantly disobedient to what the Lord has said for us to do. Um, or just generally the things of life. So Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, not only that, and this is the ESV version. Um, I usually try to read from King James Version, but I just really like the translation of this one a lot. It reads, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So Even when we're going through our trials and tribulations, whether they are exactly that from the enemy or if they are things that we've caused for ourselves to go through, um, we are supposed to go through it rejoicing with joy, with gladness that the Lord has chosen you, you know, to go through. Also knowing that Everything that I'm dealing with, the Lord knows I can bear. Sometimes the things that we go through are literally for God to show you what he's put on the inside of you, to show you who you really are. And when you start walking through that thing without, you know, letting the emotions that the enemy tries to rile up inside of you, the worry, the anxiety, all of those things aren't even of God. That's how you know that's straight from the enemy, sweetie. Like immediately you can know and shut those things down using the word of God, keeping our heart posture right, even in the midst of the storm, having joy in your heart having a praise on your lips, a clap in your hands, maybe a little stomp or praise in your feet too. But it should be that we're going through it with joy. James 1, 2 through. I'm really not sure how far I'm going to read down because a lot of this is just so good. And really, I found this while recording. This is not in my real notes. So that's all right. But this is where the Lord led me. James 1 and 2 reads, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great 
joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, meaning your endurance to continue to suffer through your long suffering continues to grow, which in fact is the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm, It is. Verse three says, um, I'm just going to read that again for, you know, that when your face is faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask your generous or our generous, sorry, our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are not poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. So I read all the way down, or what I just read was James 1, 2 through 8, but I'm going to go ahead and just cut it in half. Let's do James 1, 2 through 4. Um, And that essentially says, when troubles come our way, we should consider it an opportunity for great joy. Literally, be in the enemy's face, kicking and laughing, still living this life, even with chaos erupting all around you. Um, and then verse three says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. There is a level of long suffering in Christ, right? The Lord suffered for us and we cannot expect to live this life in him and not have some trials and tribulations, some persecutions and things like the Lord experienced. Definitely not to his extent, but in um, the ways in which we may encounter it. Um, So when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Your um, will to keep going in Christ, your belief and trust in the Lord has a chance to grow. So child, let it grow. That's literally what the scripture said. Let that thing grow. You're going to have to go through this. Let let it grow. Because joy in the midst of the storm, having joy, maintaining your joy, not letting the devil steal your joy, that is something that has to grow. Okay? Your faith has to grow. And once it has grown and your endurance is fully developed in verse four, it says you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Okay, and I hear what you're saying, but like, be for real. So most times we hear something that may resonate with us, but we're still unsure what practical steps to take to put it into action. And that's what this segment is for. So let's be for real. First things first, 
If we're going to be for real, we're going to have to talk about the flesh, a.k.a. you, a.k.a. the part of you that has yet to be brought under submission to the Lord. Romans 8 and 6 in the NLT translation says, so letting your sinful nature control your minds, your mind leads you leads to death. But letting the spirit control your minds leads to life and and peace. I don't know why I keep saying minds, but <laughs> we'll just read again for good measure. Romans 8, 6, NLC translation, it says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So being controlled and moved by the things of this world will continue to leave, lead to death whether that's in this life or the next. Death is not just, though, I want to just point this out. Death is not just something that is like final, of course, in the grave. We know of that, but it could also be the death of your hope, your peace, you know, your um, love or joy, your will to live, um, all of those things. Living of the world, being of the world, being in it and of it. <laughs> We have to be in it because we're here, but to be of the world is something different and it leads to something somewhere different. And the scripture goes on to say that when we let the spirit control our mind, we will be led to life and peace. So life in this, in the context of this scripture, Romans 8 and 6 means um, life and or it means life, of course, real and genuine, devoted to God, blessed to last forever, meaning we have life in heaven too with the Lord. So because living in the flesh is not pleasing to God, that's in Romans 8 and 8, we have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus and his example in the word of God, along with the plethora of you know, stories and parables that help us even now in our day-to-day -day life. We have to die daily to ourselves, aka our desires, aka our flesh, and pick up the Lord's desires that he has for us. Now, you may be wondering what the Lord labels as things of the flesh. And that can be found in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And that reads, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, and those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So after reading this, you might be thinking, dang, I might be of the flesh a little. And I want you to know that you're not alone, alone because a few of these got me too. But we have hope, and thankfully we do. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 and the NLT version, it says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. 
And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So just know that nothing that you're facing is uncommon. So you are absolutely not alone. And anything that you're being tempted with or that's coming against you to try and steal your joy you can and will overcome it. It won't steal your joy, take you out, or destroy you. The weapons may form, but remember, they don't prosper. Now let me tell you something. Now, I know I've talked a lot about what we need to be doing, but I need to remind you that the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And spoiler alert, you've already won. He is faithful and will establish you and guard you against the evil one. That's 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3. He goes with us in every place our feet stand and would never, ever leave us nor forsake us. That's Deuteronomy 31 and 6. His very name is a strong tower that is that the righteous can run into and be safe. That's Proverbs 18 and 10. And even in the midst of your trouble, he will preserve you and stretch out his hand to deliver you. That's Psalms 138 and 7. And I want to add that him delivering you also includes delivering you from the trouble that you got yourself into when you were disobedient because he's just that good. Life is not without its issues and challenges that can make it difficult to hold on to the joy the Lord gives unto us. And not to mention the enemy and our flesh working against us to keep us of the world, lukewarm in God, and just completely away from God and the things of Him. But when we are in Christ, like we are, we've already won the battle. So we should have joy even in the midst of madness because we know that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Revival Joy. Be sure to be on the lookout for the next one because just like last time, it's coming sooner than you think. But until then, this is your host, your girl, Janiah Taylor, signing off.